This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 20. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I am Brett Duncan, your host, and I am here today with Chris Fuller. Hey, Brett, once again. Yes, here we are. Let's do it. And, and the great thing is today's a part two. We've done a few part twos now. <laughs> we have? Yeah. So uh, that's great because uh, first off, if you haven't listened to part one, um, it might help. You it'd don't be, have to listen to it right away. It'd be a great think, precursor. Yeah, I think so. And it should be easily available and downloadable right now, wherever fine podcasts are sold, right? Um, <laughs> but we are breaking down your acronym, INSPIRED. And it is a great one. We've gotten right at the halfway point. Uh, we've gotten through IN uh, is intentional. S is service and support oriented. It, the P is uh, lots of P's. Passion <laughs> and purpose and partnership. Partnering, yeah. yeah. And we ended our last episode where we're going to start this episode. And that is on integrated. And this has to do with taking all of those things in the first part of the word and uh, really integrating it into your culture, your organization, right? You bet. Yeah. And uh, so we talked about, uh, you know, kind of what that meant in the previous episode, but I kind of want to get down into the, the weeds a little bit. Sure. When we talk integration, Chris, what are some practical points of integration? What does that look like? Well, so let me just start with uh, uh, when a person is hired. Mm-hmm. How do they plug in? How are they indoctrinated? How are they, um, essentially, how do you transfer everything that you want into that? How are they onboarded right. onto your organization? So you, you can never have full integration with a disjointed start. Mm -hmm. So welcome to our organization. Here's what we're about. Here's how we do what we do. Here's how. And so when you go into this full intentional architected, on-purpose, service-oriented, passionate process, mm -hmm. then by the time that they land into their contributing seat, they are fully functioning the way that you want them to function. Yeah. I can tell you the vast majority of organizations don't do that. Right. They just, oh wait, you're a warm live body. I hope you can swim. Here's the deep end of the pool. Go figure it out. Right. But that is going to essentially create noise in the system. And what it will ultimately do is it will create, again, a lackluster, not an inspiring type performance. And so uh, that particular piece, the very first point of integration is what are we doing with our people on purpose the first two weeks, six weeks, two months? You know, that, that whole, the first 90 days, the first yeah. six months, what are we doing with them on purpose to ensure that they are an amazing success, led, uh, resourced, done all these things, and then ultimately then they're, they're given to the, the, to the customer. So what, in your experience, and I, you nailed my assumption, which is most companies, you know, either don't do this at all <laughs> intentionally or they don't do it well. Right. And I know... You work with lots of companies. You especially work a lot with HR professionals as well. But, I mean, why is that? What, what just from your vantage point, what is stopping companies from doing this? That um, Most organizations um, are trying to put out a fire and fill a position. Yeah. So someone left or we're growing so fast. So, uh, again, the business model needs to be repeatable, sustainable, scalable, and then at speed. Yeah. And so one of the issues is as you start to scale an organization – 
my quippy one-liner is cracks become chasms. Yeah. When you start to expand any organization, when you start to look at that, whatever is cracked in your organization now at scale, at speed, mm. is going to open up into the Grand Canyon. And so when we start to look at that, some of the things that are falling through the cracks is because that we're operating at scale, at speed, yeah. and we're not doing it on purpose. And so we're trying to fill a vacancy. And again, if we fill a vacancy with a warm, live body, we believe we're plugging the dam. Ultimately, we're creating uh, a, a thousand other systemic failures. But the first failure is, can we just back up? We've already been without that person in that seat for a month or so. Right. Can we at least give it another two, three weeks, another month to where they're fully functioning by the time that, that we put them in that spot? So essentially, it is the tyranny of the urgent mm -hmm. uh, is the root cause on that particular piece. Right. Um, and or, you know, we're, we're just, we have so many, we have a thousand dragons to slay. And at that point, we're just trying to plug somebody in instead of uh, dealing with, again, the inspiring part of that. Well, and I love too just the the cracks become chasms. That's really the challenge of hypergrowth, right? I mean, absolutely. You see this all the time, and you're like, "How does that happen? That company was on fire." Exactly. And that's that's exactly what happens. Well, again, we, you know, and this comes into the the integration, and and really, it'll actually come into two points down where we talk about executing the executables with excellence. Yeah. When you're operating at pace at scale, you have to define the critical components, the executables. And then we have to define what excellence looks like in executing the executables. So the block and tackle delineation of that. But here with the integration piece especially, is we have to have this integrated concert. We have to make sure that all parties are working together, not mm -hmm. against each other. Mm -hmm. um, we understand that some organizations, some aspects like... You know, for instance, there always needs to be checks and balances within the system. Mm -hmm. But when that checks and balances becomes this, this fiefdom aspect instead of the checks and balances supporting the ultimate purpose, that's where it starts to disrail into dysfunction. But again, the integration comes into first point of failure is are we onboarding correctly? Right. The next point of failure really kind of comes into um, every time we hand the ball off, every time that we transfer from department to department or from, again, um, marketing to sales, sales to fulfillment, fulfillment to um, all the way down the chain. Yeah. And you were liking that as we were talking beforehand on just, you know, in a race, right? Uh, on a relay race. When do they, when do they drop the baton? Right. And it's at the handoff. The vast majority of the time is going to be the baton drops at a handoff. Mm -hmm. And so what are our handoffs? And this is a leadership conversation, Brett. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about leadership conversations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're the leader, if you're one of the, the leadership team, then you've got to back up and look at architecturally where are our handoffs mm -hmm. and even where are we good at handoffs and where are we not good at handoffs. Yeah. So doing a little bit of, you know, my term is SWOT analysis. I like, you know, it's the old school, but uh, uh, but that SWOT analysis, where, what, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? Yeah. And so every organization, every person, we're human, has strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So as we look at where is our systemics weak, where is our talent weak, as opposed to our strengths, that's really sort of those first things to start uh, pulling away, detangling the spaghetti, do a little bit of root cause analysis and figure out, you know, are we doing it wrong because our people don't know what to do? Or systemically, are we failing the people by not having the right processes, the right integration, all of those pieces flying through? Yeah, so this is, 
again, when it comes to integration, it certainly makes sense that this has to be a systematic or a systemic approach, I guess you would say. And uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So I think that's awesome. So from integrated, we go, we roll right into the R of inspired, and that is real. You know, how does this fit in? Well, you know, again, I think that the, the real part means um, we need to be authentic. Mm-hmm. We need to be authentic to our core. We need to be authentic to many people in organizations. We talked about um, hyper growth. We talked about, you know, ultimately, I just heard or read a term called blitz scaling. Mm. So we're, we're in the hockey stick growth. Right. Man, we are, we are intense. Um, but before you derail into the processes, we've got to back up to the purpose of what do we, why did we start the business in the first place? Mm. When you go into real, authentic approach to business, back up and think about why you fell in love with this in the first place. Mm-hmm. And if you can transfer that first love ideology into the hearts of your people, if you can maintain that reality, that authenticity. You know, there's so many leaders in so many organizations, we said it as we were setting it up, that sort of fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. but they're never going to make it, so they're just faking. Right. And so uh, we, we have to look at those particular pieces and go, you know what, where are we faking it? How do we get uh, you know, back to our real authentic style? Now, from, from that, um, if we move from the inspired customer service all the way through the inspired account management to inspired leadership now, mm-hmm. in the inspired leadership, what we realize is um, leaders need to learn their authentic style. Mm-hmm. And they need to continue to grow and adapt, but that authentic style, you know, if you are, if you tend towards being an analytic as a leader, mm-hmm. um, you're real and authentic at your core when you are uh, essentially running this by the numbers, you're doing the analytics. You're, so it's, it's, it's staying in your home base, but it's also just the authenticity of we are what we are day in and day out consistent performance ran through that particular lens to where we're not fronting we're just people you know um, people all the time they'll, they'll they'll read this um you know this my my bio or they'll introduce me and i really feel like just walking up and going hey you know what i'm chris can we just talk yeah um and and i've done a lot of cool things been a lot of cool places work with some cool companies but at the end of the day and i'm just a person yeah and and i'm just a person that wants to inspire others to do their best, be their best, contribute their best into that into that piece. So at the end of the day, being real sometimes for a leader is being transparent, being a little bit vulnerable. Instead of going, oh, I've got it all together and starting to weaponize and really just brutalize the employee base when they make a mistake. Here's the thought. Why don't you back up and tell them all the ways that you screwed it up before they ever got there? Mm-hmm. When we back up and go, you know what? Made the same mistake. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get it right. Let's, let's do a little bit of the figuring out why it went wrong in the first place. But when, when leaders start to put pretense in there or people, um, I'm amazed from a customer service standpoint when people don't, won't even admit that there was a customer service failure mm-hmm. or they start to blame the customer. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what did you do to it? Well, how did you, man, can we just back up and just be authentic and be real and let it get to the heart of who we are. Mm-hmm. And just from that interaction, if we mess up, we messed up. But you know what? Our heart is we've got a good product. We've got a, you know, a good process. We've got excellent service. We've got amazing people. And in this particular instance, we missed it. Mm-hmm. Just in that call, we missed it. 
how can we make it right? And that particular piece, you can do that as a leader, you can do that as an interface account rep back to a customer, however we do that. This is just just being comfortable in our own skin, mm -hmm. being real, being authentic. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and so, you know, going back to the customer too, the customer service side of this, I mean, customers, yeah. we are innately uh, aware when we work with an organization or a company of what they truly are. Right. right? There's just something... And again, it's uh, the perceptions that they, they give, or the, I guess that we have of what they're doing. But um, we know, and we actually, the brands, again, that we identify with aren't the ones that are faking it till they make it. They're right. the ones that it's very clear that they are clear on who they are. And that's attractive. It's not a slogan. <laughs> it's a systemic. Yeah. It's not a slogan. It's a passion. It's not a slogan. It's a methodology. Ooh. It's not a slogan. It's what we do and what we are that's where we're going to go to that next level. But if it's just a slogan on a wall, your people can see through it and your customers can see through it. Yeah. So let's move on to the E in inspired. And this one's certainly important. It always comes back to execution, right? <laughs> but I like how you kind of, uh, you added some ease to this. Uh, and it's not just execution. It's executing executables with excellence. Yeah. Now, you got to break that one down for me. Well, so, you know, I, I, I hate to say it. We want to be excellent, right? And so it's easy to say we want excellence in the midst of all this. But, yeah. um, you know, you got to break it down yeah. into what does excellence mean when you're tying your shoes? Yeah. What are the four steps to, and can you even break it back into conscious competence, right? So mm -hmm. we all have that unconscious competence, that giftedness where we're just doing it. If somebody's a superstar performer, they might not even know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But we as leaders have to back it up and get it to be repeatable, sustainable, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at that, we've got to componentize it, break it up into those bite-sized pieces, delineate the behaviors and the competencies and really get down into the who does what by when mm -hmm. and into that who does what by when and how that then coupled with the why that we talked about before with the purpose that can unleash excellence mm -hmm. but initially it is what are those key performance indicators what are those measurables and how will we know when that success is achieved? What does it look like? How do the best do it? Benchmark the best, replicate for results. Mm -hmm. Let me say that one again. Yeah. Find the best, benchmark the best, and then replicate for results. Now, if somebody needs it a little bit more simple, find awesome and copy it. Yeah. Yeah. Just look down into the granular components the 17 steps to fulfilling that vision, mission, purpose. And then when we look at that and we define what excellence in the dailies look like, you know, we've talked about my term DITLO before, day in the life of. Yeah. What does the day in the life of look like at that level specific role? So executing the executables with excellence also comes into the levels of focus. So the front line, what do they do? The supervisors, what do they do? The management team, what do, so we're delineating every step along the way, every line within the org chart, who does what by when, so that we can unleash the service mindset and ultimately serve effectively. But that comes into a lot of uh, lifting at times that gets into the delineation of the roles and responsibilities mm -hmm. and all of those, how we do what we do on a daily basis that ultimately if we do all of this, 
the back to the Karate Kid example that yeah. we were talking about, wax yeah. on, wax off, all right. that stuff. Uh, what'd you say the other one was? Paint the fence. Paint the fence. Yeah. Okay. Wash the car. <laughs> okay. You know, sand the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that comes into once you've done that daily, then if we do all of that. Ultimately, the yearlies will take care of themselves when you do the dailies with excellence. Yeah. And when you're a leader, too, there's the, uh, I, I'm assuming, kind of this added piece of setting those expectations, right? And making that very clear to your people. The leader is the limiter on the team. Okay. Your team will never be more committed, more attentive, more engaged, more inspired, more passionate than you are. And so if we are that limiter as leaders, we better put an amazing team together too. Again, one of my sayings, lead where you're strong, team where you're weak. Mm -hmm. Lead where you're strong, team where you're weak. Mm -hmm. We're going to have points of weakness. We need to recognize them and we need to partner up with a person or we need to put a great system in place to shore up our deficiencies. Mm. Well, that's good. I mean, obviously... It all comes down to execution, right? Yes. I mean, uh, all the planning in the world, all the inspiring in the world is great. Yes. Um, but it's got to produce something. It does. You know, and so I think this is excellent. No pun intended It's there. customer service, not lip service. Yeah, uh, there you go. Nice, <laughs> man. You just rattle them off there. That's awesome. I think that's good. Well, you know, kind of linked to that, though, and you, you've alluded to it a little bit, but it's really the D in inspired. Yeah. Um, so if it really all comes down to execution... Execution really all comes down to this, right? And that is diligently developed daily. <laughs> Let's add another one. It's the discipline of diligently developing daily. Why not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if 3Ds aren't enough, certainly 4Ds will be. Hey, it worked great for the report card. So. There you go. That's right. Excellent. All right. Good. Okay, so break this down. I know you you always say this. You know, it's in the dailies, right? But, I mean, it really is in the dailies. It's in the dailies, and, and there's no better daily than the continuous improvement mindset. You know, I tell people all the time, um, we need to have that, that heart of that student that looks at 1% improvement over time. How do I continue to grow? What made me better today will actually make me bitter tomorrow. Leaders get better every day or their people get bitter by the day. Organizations get better or their customers get bitter. So the genius of what we did today may not be the genius of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, what got you here today, here's the scary piece. Your best thinking, your best processes yesterday mm -hmm. caused today's problems. Mm. Your best thinking, your best effort puts you right where you are today. So we've got to think at a different level every day. We've got to get better every day. Growing, growing, growing. So that continuous improvement, that Kaizen, if you're in manufacturing, mm -hmm. that, that Kaizen mindset mm -hmm. comes into this continuous improvement. Um, you know, uh, John, you know, you guys know I do a lot of work with John Maxwell. One of the things that he says is essentially um, you are the sum total today of the people that you've met and hung around with and the books that you've read for the last five years. Yeah. Are we getting better every day? Are we growing? Anything that's not growing is dying. And so on purpose, you know, the best organizations spend about thirteen to $1,500 per person investing in their growth on an annualized basis. And so if you're, you know, sitting here trying to look at your organization and going, okay, so, you know, what do the best in class do? They spend about thirteen dollars to $1,500 every year making their people better because you can't have 
poorly performing people and inspired service, inspired performance, inspired leadership. And if the leaders are setting the model, the leader needs to grow first Mm -hmm. so that we're going to the next level through growing to the next level. Because if you go to the next level without growing, you'll never sustain it. Repeatable, sustainable, scalable. And that comes getting better every day. Identifying what are my knowns, what are my unknowns, and let me attack my growth areas and, mm. and just continue that that mindset. Yeah. You know, you were sitting there talking about my best thinking through yesterday is what's caused today's problems, um, which that in and of itself is pretty powerful. Um, but it also, there's two ways to respond to that, right? So there's, uh, how well do I respond to today's problems? Right. But then I, I think there's like a higher level once you accept the fact of it's going to be that way every day, right? Today is tomorrow's yesterday. If you <laughs> want to continue to, to chase a big, hairy, audacious goal, if you yeah. want to reach that burled arch, if you're going from, from goal to goal to goal to goal, right? Yeah. Then we're going to hit some things that you've never hit before. Right. The most successful people have failed more times than the underperformers have succeeded. Mm. Why? We're looking for that next rung. We're looking for that next, that next piece. And again... The, the, you know, let failure be your guide to mm-hmm. learning yeah. and to growing. Yeah. Well, in thinking, too, what you said, and it was probably the last episode, but or maybe even before that, but, uh, you know, how you really only hear about 5% of the customers, right, who, who have a complaint or have an issue or a bad experience. Right. So you have to, when you reach this level, part of it has to be seeking that out, right, right? proactively. Where might I be letting my customer down? Yes. Where might I be falling short? Yes. of what we define as excellence. And as a startup, as a hypergrowth, as uh-huh. a blitz scaling, all those things, we need to have shortened checkpoints to communicate more effectively. In a startup, that may be five minutes while we're standing up grabbing coffee in the morning saying, what did we do right yesterday? What did mm-hmm. we do wrong? What do we do different today? Mm-hmm. All the way into weekly, monthly, quarterly, annualized um, stand downs, if you will, pull apart retreats to be able to say, it's time for us to work on the business as opposed to just working in the business. Mm-hmm. And that comes that strategic uh, that strategic rest, right? We've got strategic mm-hmm. sprints. We've got strategic rest. We've got to pull out at times and really focus on what we do and how we do it. That's a good segue, too. I think we're going to cover that in a future episode. But, you know, this has been, this has been really powerful for me and sitting here looking at it. But it really touches so many different core areas. And it's great that a word like inspired does that, right? When you break down <laughs> the letters, it works out quite well. I'm sure you spent quite a bit of time figuring that one out. But, um, you know, just to recap, again, the acronym inspired, intentional. It starts there. How intentional are you? The S, service or support oriented. Are you service oriented? Uh, the P is passionate, purposeful, uh, your partnerships, uh, how that leads to partnerships as well. And then integrated, kind of the bridge. Uh, that brings everything together. How do you take those things and really integrate it throughout your organization? What steps are you taking? The R is real. Are you keeping it real? Are you authentic? Are you clear on who you are, who you aren't? Um, And then the E, we just talked about that one too, executing executables with excellence. (laughs) I love that one. Uh, It's not just all E's, it's all EX's, which is (laughs) awesome. Um, That's excellent. (laughs) Again, pun intended. And then finally, D, uh, I think you said it was the discipline of diligently uh, developing the dailies and uh, what you do there. So I'm I'm curious as you're listening to this, what stuck out out to you? Um, It might have been passion you know are you is is do you need to really find that passion are you in a place where it's a where you can 
hit the passion? Is it in your daily routine? Are you just completely lost when you show up? Or does it look like everyone else is? You don't understand why, right? Um, Chris, when, it, when you bring it all together, and I know this takes how long, by the way, when you do this type of workshop with a client, <laughs> how long does it take to really dig into this? It uh, depends on the, the, the situational analysis, but uh, um, we, we do the concept, right? Proof of concept can be done in a day. Okay. Uh, but the extended period of time comes into, well, let's pull it apart. Let's do a little bit of the market analysis. Let's do a little bit of the systemic understanding of how your organization works and interfaces, points of dysfunction, you know, fiefdom silos, all that stuff, breaking it up into um, process, people, product, all the standard components. And so it can run easily into a... Uh, 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 you know, a five day in a row at times, a weekend retreat, we've done them in those. But then I've got clients that also say, hey, can you come in essentially one day a week and, yeah. and just interface with us and continue with us on this track? Yeah, but I think it's important too, as you, as someone wants to walk through this, and again, you're probably listening to this now, many of you are saying that's exactly not only what I need personally, but what our team needs. And uh, we can't underscore enough. Obviously, one, dive into it, do it. But also, it makes sense to bring you in and guide them through that process. Uh, and uh, you can find out about that at influenceleadership.com, as well as everything else that Chris is doing, all the services that he and his team provide. And it's quite extensive, by the way. But I, I would encourage you, if you've been enjoying these podcast episodes, um, and you've listened to quite a few of them, and just everything continues to resonate with you, then that's probably a good sign. Uh, that there's work to be done here, and we'd love to help you do that as much as uh, as you'd like for us to do that with you. So find out more, contact us. All of that is available at influenceleadership.com. Uh, want you to connect with us on Facebook. Um, certainly rate and review the podcast. Uh, that means so much to us when you do that, and also means it to other people that are like you need to hear this. That certainly helps it pop up on their radar a bit more. Uh, when you do that but uh, we're certainly excited about this and hopefully you will go back through take some notes on this as you think about the inspired model i know that i will i think i'm going to take this one right next to my monitor <laughs> in my office but chris uh, as we wrap up here what is the final word for today well the final word for today is um let's let's just step back and envision the future and the envisioned future should come with excellence. And, and what do we want to get done? What do we want to be about? What do we want our brand to be? And I want to be an inspiring leader that operates an inspired process for inspired customers. Mm. But I can't do that unless I create an inspired culture with amazing people that are equipped and empowered and delineated and delegated to be able to own their function and their role in serving people. And so I just want to encourage you, the dream is there. Let's put it together in the right methodology that allows it to be, again, repeatable, sustainable, and scalable. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today on the Influence Leadership Podcast. Mm-hmm.